Diablo Bang. All right. Hans, how was your day? Did you have a good night? It was good. <laughs> it's a definitely we put in a capital N in night. It's going to be a creepy one. I know. It's uh, it's going to be a spicy one, that's for sure. Well, I got to say, please rise, because we're going to have to retire the night court jersey, because this one was one for the record books. Why? I agree. Uh, Ash and I both just really it's liked like, it. like, this is our favorite. Did we want... Hold on. <laughs> Did... Are we on episode... The gypsy. Se- Season two at the Gypsy? Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is going to be fun. This is we gonna must, be we a must have been in really good mood. Yeah, this we were probably just very sunny <laughs> huh. demeanor disposition. I'm really? not saying. I'm not saying. No, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not like. Uh, we'll get into it. I'm not on the other side of the fence, but I'm not. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm as sold as you guys. Oh yeah, this one was good. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll do the do this now. Now the intro is yeah, somber. Do, do, do the introduction. Oh man! Sorry. Here, Phaeton in the courtroom is our uh, bailiff Hans Freiwald. Say hello. The the witchy woman herself is here, Ash Van Gehring. Hi. And old Rubenstein Ruben can't get my tickets for my show. Casey Van Heel. Skiddly bop bop da 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 Van Heel. One second, I'm having trouble hearing you guys. Can you talk? Uh, yeah. Check. Check, check, check. It's my skeets. It's my skeets, man. It's my headphones. Holy smokes. All right, but they're back and in business, and ain't it grand? All right. So your head, headphones went to perform for the queen this week? Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, they are. Uh, oh, yeah. I got. Did anybody look up if, uh, if our said uh, musician has ever played for the queen? That seemed a bit skeptical. I was skeptical of that. Well, uh, maybe, maybe he played for King Ralph. <laughs> yes, that's what he was on set. Do you think John King- Goodman? Do you think King Ralph curtailed Goodman's movie career for a minute? Like, or I do you think? It- do you think it curtailed his? Because John Goodman is—I've said this before, probably on yeah. this podcast, if not jerk practice—is one of my is one of the uh, the great actors of our generation. I really believe that. Oh, uh, yeah, he's phenomenal. And, and as I think of him, obviously there's Roseanne, but let's switch it to the silver screen. Uh, is that movie? Why is movies the silver screen? Uh, because it goes back to black and white. Makes sense. What's the gold screen? Uh, King Ralph. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, that's his throne. Um, the gold standard. There is no gold screen. There Internet? is. I, I don't think. What's TV can, called? Boob tube. Oh, <laughs> there's a big gap. There's a wealth gap there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's this very, yeah, the, the wealth distribution between silver screen and boob tube. Oh, man. Uh, here, one second. God, nothing but technical difficulties. Let me shut up my dog. <laughs> all right. We're all back. Now Ashley can be part of the conversation. Hans asked the question, do you think King Ralph put the brakes on John Goodman's movie career? No. King Ralph did really well. Did it? Did it? Yeah. 
Are you sure it just didn't do well in your did do, did mind. well in the Gehring household? Yes. Yeah. No, it did do well in my household. Like my dad really liked it. I think it's cute. I don't. I enjoyed it. Love. I enjoyed the movie. It. I think it's fine. I'm never gonna pick it to watch. Um, but no, like just about everybody that I knew. I think it had, just like, was boob tubers. The movie was meant to totally. be totally. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, like John Candy. Yeah. Like, I think John Goodman is a far better actor than that movie needed, which is kind of why it, it sort of wavered. As I recall, that movie had a stripes quality where it had a break where you're like, what the fuck? Like, it went like off the, the two, rails. The two it was movies. too long and yeah. it was like too PC. Because the first part is great. Yes. When old, when old King Ralph Bolin. assumes assumes the throne like when he's mm-hmm. when he doesn't have his sea legs and he's bringing that american working class boob tubey sass yeah and he's then bringing that I for- gypsy life exactly and then someone puts a curse on his on the royal bloodline and i just looked it up king ralph was in 1991 and roseanne went until 1997 so even if it did something bad for him he would have been able to make up for it within that six-year period but did he have to crawl back into dan connor's skin to, well, to weather the storm of King Ralph? Let's separate Silver from the boob tube, though. I feel like had... I feel like King Ralph was that launching point for John Goodman's name to be on the marquee, starring right. first on the call sheet, and I don't think Above that happened the, after that. But no. that's not to say he doesn't have like some of the greatest secondary yeah. uh, supporting roles of all time. I just think that's where King Ralph potentially the direction he sent him same with she devil Ooh, that's true that i think she devil is a better example of how like i don't think roseanne made another movie after that yeah right i don't don't think think so. so i'm looking at john goodman though and like i just he's just been a consistent actor of course like consistent like he's done shit God, this is crazy. Look at this filmography. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. oh no doubt about it. I'm just wondering about like I right. like His you said the John Candy above the title. But I I also think that John Goodman is and I I mean no offense by this. I, it could be a good thing or a bad thing. It's neither here nor there, but he is not John Candy. Like no. John Goodman is really not the man to head a movie. That's that that one instance where lightning strikes. And he, that worked. He for could him. if it was written. Like, of course. That, no, I'm saying that movie doesn't yeah. exist. Right. Right. Yeah. John he didn't bring John, any bits. Yes. John Goodman's also can embody. He's an act. Like a, he embodies yeah, a character. He's like, a true definition you, of an actor. Yeah. You go. You get a John Candy because you are looking for John Candy. You know what I mean? Or Chris, like Chris Farley exactly. would be perfect. That's for what King I'm Ralph. saying. Like, even though yes. they're kind of comparable, they're not comparable. Are we just putting them in the same class because they're fat? These? That's exactly Spicy. what is happening. Is that what we're doing? No, but like that's the like, no, the... but a fat funny guy. Like, so far, we've he, talked he about three funny, fat guys. But he's a more serious but actor. You can't tell me that you could imagine King Ralph as Jim Carrey. Oh my God, no, King Jim. It's a Belushi-esque character, and all those guys are sort of in the Belushi, sure, you know, atmosphere. And it is not um, out of the realm of comparison because John Can- John Goodman tears it up on SNL. Yeah, 
So, and he is no, like, absolutely yeah. not. He's really funny, but I think if you ask John Goodman, he would consider himself a character actor yes. who sometimes does comedies. And I think if you were to have asked John Candy, John Candy is a comedic actor, comedian, true, ahead of actor. like the that's the yeah the no, difference. I, agree. I think I because I you think, know what I I'm 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 wrong because what when did the Babe come out? Oh yeah, he did. He played Babe Ruth. That was a big, huge movie. That was probably around this time. It probably came right after King Ralph. So maybe, maybe Early you're 90s right. For maybe sure. that they had a uh, Nielsen box in the Van Garen household, and King Ralph was off the charts. The Babe came out in 1992, the year after. King year Ralph. after, so he was on a roll. All right. I also think that he started getting really choosy because he was asked. Uh, it was when he had a quote-unquote comeback in terms of like a larger role. This was years ago, and he was interviewed, and he was just basically like, um, if I can do a Coen Brothers movies one, once a year, like until the day I die, that's all I want to do. I won't do anything that's else. That's true, yeah. I, wouldn't, I don't blame him. Some of the Again, some of the all-time great roles of all time, performance of all time in, in what's that, in Barton Fink? Yeah. He's yeah. Ah, it's amazing. He's phenomenal. That was during that time, too. That was like 1992, 1993. Was it that early? Yeah. Wow. I guess. That would make movie. sense. Wow. All right. Yeah, we're dating ourselves. We are. Le- but let's date this, Even further. this, this episode. Sultry. January yeah, 31st, 1985. There's your date. 1985. We said the title, it's episode 16? That's the Gypsy? Cr- Season 2, episode 16. I'm not sure what case number this is for us. But that's where we're at. If you want to watch them, if you want to watch the episode now, pin it. Sorry, you just had to listen to yeah. ten minutes of uh, <laughs> King Ralph. Pin the episode here, the podcast. Watch the episode and come on back. Actually, you know what? Pin it. Watch King Ralph, She Devil, yes. The Babe, Man. and Part then hit pink. the Gypsy, and then go on YouTube and watch the Jerk Practices clips from Gypsy on the Wings of Forever. <laughs> a musical from the Minneapolis Fringe Festival 2000, probably three or four. It's true. My gypsy outfit is uncanny. Yeah. You're compared right. to Do you wanna, that 80 sensibility. Uh, real quick. So let me give a synopsis. This will be fun. Let me give a synopsis of the episode. Doing my best, again, as always, not to add spoilers in there. And then, Casey, why don't you give a quick synopsis of our musical that's pretty aptly named, uh, uh, as spicy and racially charged as this we now know is. All right, when a gypsy puts a curse on everyone in the courtroom. Oh fuck, is that a spoiler? Shit. All right, here's the description. Uh, here's the description. Gypsy comes to town. Uh, something with bull, Dan and taxes. Somebody loses money. All right, there's our description. The gypsy. Casey, take it away. You want me to describe our our musical? Is that Pl- what we're... Feel like it's Twitter. Let's give me give me uh, how many characters do you get in Twitter? So basically, when Hans and I when we were in Minneapolis, we did a fringe show and we did a show called Gypsy on the Edge of Forever, Edge, which was for solely inspired by a story Great. of one of our coworkers' husbands, and he was from a small town in Wisconsin, and he told us this story. About how every summer it was like gypsy season, <laughs> like you could tell in the the summer wind, and his small right. town would would set up signs that said "Gypsies, we know you're here. 
we're watching you. And his thought process was these, like, American gypsies would just transverse the states. And he said, because he worked at a supermarket, they would come into the supermarket, break something in one aisle, and then when people checked it out, they just run out with everything they could carry. Classic bait and switch. Uh, so, all right. So, one, let's let's quick preface that we're using the term gypsy one because the episode uses it two because we didn't realize you probably shouldn't use that term anymore even back in 2000 we didn't realize it in 2003 or four yes which now it's it's a spicy term and when we say american gypsy i'm uh i guess we're just talking uh people uh uh, people that band about that's not right uh it's bread it's a bread pit from snatch roamers is that spicy yeah roamers <laughs> That sounds like a, like a Tremors knockoff for the sci-fi channel. Um, I also believe at the time they referred to themselves as gypsies. Uh, I don't yeah, think, I think it was. Right. I don't think it was offensive in 1985. I think that was just the the term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the regulated term. What I think even- it is. Yeah. Uh, what I think it is is. Uh, and I was saying Romers, not Romas. Uh, I think what it is, is the racist part of it The is when people, I think it's because people from surrounding countries or European nations or American, um, refer to just people of Romanian nationality or descent yes. as gypsies. I think that's where the but racism comes in. But there are actual gypi- gypsies. Gypsies? Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. Is that... You can't... That doesn't make it right if you just drop oh. the S. Old gypos. Oh, she dug deep for that one. Oh, yeah, I could... Oh, my God. It wasn't just the fact that she used it. It was the snarl. It was the snarl that came <laughs> You with didn't it. see she spat on the wall. <laughs> that's a $50 pod fine, Ash. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, yeah, gypsies, it's just the, she is definitely, the character in the episode is playing off of the Romanian mystical, yes, like, masters of the dark arts gypsies. So, should we continue using that term through the rest of the pod, or should we use the term fortune teller, or gypsies? I'm going gypsy. I would say gypsy just because number one, it's shorter and easier to say. And number two, it is what they refer to it as in the episode. Okay. And that's that's something that we've learned from the dollop. Yeah. Like I when like it's that. referred to as such, we need to refer to it as such. Also, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Alright, so that's our description. You know you know the other Wait, alright, I gotta so We'll really roll into the episode with this one. True or false? Bring it to Snopes. As part of our musical, uh, we had discovered, or did we make it up, that part of the bait and switch was that one gypsy would take a shit in an aisle, oh, yeah, and that would be the that. ultimate yeah. distraction. Clean up aisle six, yeah, big time. I mean, it's a. I I would I would garner. That the breaketh jar of pickles in the aisle has been, uh, it's too easily uh, seen through. You can see through it too easily now. But you'll never, a dump in the aisle, that'll never go out of style. You want to oh, no. steal some baby formula? Dump. Take a shit. Yep. Uh, no, and like so like we said, we did a, a musical 
The only reason it was a musical is because of the amazing Cher song. <laughs> right. Good song. You've never... Doctor Good. A bottle, and that is yeah. definitely a vagabondy traveling group of circus folk. Right. As, the, as that song would paint them. Getting run out of town because everyone thinks they're evil. Do we need me to sing all of it? Because I Papa would have killed me had he knew what I'd no done. <laughs> Look, that uh, gypsy needs to get hashtag me too What did that gypsy yeah. do to Cher? <laughs> I wish Cher would make a statement and come out against a gypsy. Just in general. And then all of a sudden the gypsy emerges like Al Franken. Or it is Al Franken in a long, drippy uh, uh, bandana. I didn't mean to squeeze her boobs. I guess, you know what, all this, we'll get into the episode. If you want to hear more on Al Franken, potentially King Ralph, even maybe gypsies will transfer over this week. Go check out Jerk Practice uh, on uh, iTunes. But here we're talking Night Court, baby. So getting into it. We'll get into it. Uh, Uh, and, And we're getting into it as we always get into it, baby, in the cafeteria. Yep. Absolutely. Come in uh, on Bull, uh, Selma, and Billy, Billy. just rustling yep. papers about. Maybe it might be Mac, oh, yeah. actually. Just No, it's the whole group, except like, for Dan. Like fiends knocking oh, yeah. around their papers. Nothing worse than somebody that can't get a paper right, especially like on the <laughs> subway or something. It's like it's not that difficult. It's just a folded piece of paper. It has a fold. It's like, well, have you ever this sounds like 80 stand up. Have you ever tried yeah. to put a map away? <laughs> can't fold that. You gotta be an Eagle Scout to put a map in the glove box. I don't know who's that's Williams and Ree, I guess. I don't know whose stand-up that is. Pretty, it's pretty clean stuff. I also will say I loved that. I, it was cute, the little bit of them all reading the paper, but the fact that it was clearly prop newspaper. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like it was yellow, no headlines. Just, yeah. Probably upside down. Did you see, did you, do you remember watching the, speaking of pr- the props department, uh, like we were watching like a Mr. Show special feature and Bob like had to make fun of the prop newspaper they made him because he was like, they're just not even trying anymore. And it was literally <laughs> like a classic, like, like it's Mr. It's HBO, but their prop yeah. newspaper was like a folded piece of tag board with more pieces of cutout tag board glued to it with <laughs> writing like the classic face fake cursive where it's like one letter to begin and then just squiggly line yeah he's like this is like a document not a newspaper (laughs) like he's like what is this all right yeah so bad bad props bad but better than mr show 20 Um, years later so they're they're reading their fake newspapers and harry comes in and he is a emo as fuck emo he is down in the dumps yeah why is that do you think and they are just sort of all are like okay harry what's what's up dude and they he's like you're reading the paper no he's like did you guys read the paper oh, this morning right, yeah. and bull says something like what do you think these are bagels <laughs> he said <laughs> he has a snide <laughs> remark <laughs> But kind um, of a Dan remark now that we mentioned it. Is, it is, yeah. Um, so yeah, Bull gives him some sass, and then we find out they all sort of like look over their papers. He's like, no, no, it's on the, the back page, page, lower corner. And we find out 
that Mel Torme had a show scheduled for NYC. Harry had tickets, ninth row center. Oh, yeah. Show was canceled because Mel Torme is going to perform for the royal family. Wait, what's the royal family song? What's God Save the Queen? I only know the. He could do he could do the scat version of the uh, Sex Pistols song. Yeah, what's he about? God save the queen. I mean it, man. Do they have a? Does the United Kingdom have a national anthem? Yeah, it's God save the queen. It is dependent upon. I have no idea how it. I don't know the the tune. I'll I'll insert it here. I guess. It with uh my as Mel Torme singing it, of course. I'll find Mel yeah. Torme singing "God Save the Queen." No, I and then you brought you up a point when they when it was like, okay, the Mel Torme show is canceled because he's going to perform before the royal family. You asked me before we started recording, right? If you thought that was real, and now that I think about it, this is like early '80s. Like this is Princess Di and Ooh. Charles. Like they're hot. Hip. hip. There, there's no way that Mel Torme is going to perform scat jazz freeform in right. front of the coolest woman on the planet. This is how we got back. Like, I think we, I think we're so like short sighted. I think this is we started talking about that while on the pod because that's I now realize that's how we got to King Ralph. I couldn't for the oh, life of yeah. me figure out how we got to King Ralph, and it was whether Mel Torme would perform for the Queen. Uh, well, you know what? It, it's worth doing some research. We'll find out about it. But from now, I'm Harry's. Harry's pretty upset in the dumps. He's inconsolable. I would he, say a little excessive. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, like adolescent, like having a flip out over like he's like young Hans not being able to go to a late night showing of Dick Tracy. Like, he's oh yeah, like he's gonna slit his wrists. He says Harry numerous Anderson. times, "I wish I was dead." I'm going to die in a pool. Of, if you need me, I'll be in the hallway in a pool of my own blood. Poor taste. Harold. Uh, no, I agree. Like, they they must have gave Harry Andrew, like, go. Go big. Go yeah, big. He yeah. went big. He did a good job. Sure. Yeah. Um, But he just goes, yeah, full tilt, adolescent freak out. So he, you know, is with all this hyperbole, like, I'm going to kill myself. It's the worst day I've ever had. And then, of course, Dan comes in. It's a great day in the morning. Yeah. Well, Dan, oh, Dan is, is having a good time. Happy as heck. And we find out it's because IBM had huge gains. He's got tons of IBM stock. He is flush. He is, his wallet is full. He's not the only one. No. And this, I love, this was a funny gag, Max. Like, I have a share. Yeah. And then yeah. Dan sort of mocks him for, uh, his short-sightedness, but Mac just dabbles. It's a little taste. I was wondering about this. I was going to ask you about this. How's your portfolio? Are you a stock guy? I think because we had, when we quit Starbucks, yeah, or when I did, at that time, if you worked full-time, they would give you stock options, like very low, low-tier, low-level so I think like two years after I finally quit Starbucks, I went, oh, I have these stocks. And then I think I bought shares of Citibank. Wow. When they were like three pennies a share. I think I have 10. So I have I have 10 stocks of Citibank. <laughs> okay. Well, it must have went up. Or did you take a hit? Did you take a hit in 2008? 
Oh no, this was after. That was my oh, wow. my one stock play. I was like, what's the worst company on the planet? Went, oh, Citibank. Amazing. Yeah, um, I did I wonder so if I, I have, have some Starbucks Citibank stock shares. out there somewhere. You should check. I mean, I haven't I think I have 10 shares of Citibank and 2 shares of Hot Topic. I think yes, that's why I was going to ask you. Is it a bad play? So the idea of the stock market is to acquire many stocks that go up. This is what I know. Like I'm serious. This is adult shit. As far as mortgages, all this shit, stock market, it's just forget it. But yeah, is it a play? Old schemey schemerson over here is wondering, am I the first guy to think? So Dan gives Mac a a hard time because he only has one stock Mm -hmm. of IBM and Dan has many. Along with yeah. other, like uh, other Paul Manafort style hidden bank yeah. account, offshore yeah. bank yeah. accounts. <laughs> yeah. But um, why don't I go into the stock market and buy one stock of many companies? You could, <laughs> but you, but then you, you, but then you're gonna have like a sheet of hundred stocks. Some go up, some go that down. That you will have to, like, it'll just drive you crazy. Because you'll be like, okay, orange juice futures went up, but Hot Topic is down. <laughs> right. So, and then what do you do? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's just like, you know, it's just this ever, it's this ebb and flow. It's constantly going up, going, going down. And all it is, is you want to throw your money in when it's down. And get out. And then when it goes when back up, up, you take it out. So you're just kind of like throwing your money on these waves. And that's the key is like timing it to get the stocks you want when they're low. And then if you if you ever want to sell them, the idea is to sell them when they're high. Right. And that's who it. Who the fuck do you sell them to? Who are you buying them from and who are you selling them to? Yeah, it's weird. Once you start thinking about it, you're like, I don't talk to anybody. It like, just I seems use... an ether thing. Like, I, I, oh, I yeah. will get off of this, but it is has but have a lot to do with stocks and taxes. It seems magical. When people are down on that floor yeah. and a bell rings and you just hear a bunch of people going, shouting, up, go, get, get, do this, dad, dad. Who the fuck are they talking to? And then you see other people with pencils. Who is buying? Who is selling? How is it getting recorded if people just have sheets of paper that you see throwing up in the air and falling down and running? Mm-hmm. And then a bell rings. And then some people, I'm, I'm envisioning, by the way, like uh-huh. 1929, by the way. And some people oh, yeah. are totally dejected and some people have made a fortune. What the fuck happened? It's, uh, I think it's all just that sort of social contract of there's so much money involved. Like the that paper is like a physical receipt for shares being bought and sold. So if if you guys can't agree that Hans, you bought a hundred shares of Orange Juice futures from me, we got to go to the tickets. But there's so much money behind it. Like, why would you have any like shenanigans? Well, why wouldn't you? But because uh, of ethics, we know Wall Street's not ethical. So say we're in we're in the midst. I have orange juice futures. We're hold, yeah. we're sticking with orange juice futures. I have orange juice futures. I bought them high, and they're going down, down, down. And I wait, no, no, they're low, low, low. And I want to sell, sell, sell. And I sell them, and you've agreed to buy them. 
but you overstepped your bounds and you couldn't afford them. But your paper receipt isn't official. It's you writing with a piece of paper. So when you come up to, or I come up to you and say, yeah, pay the piper. Let's go finish this deal. Why wouldn't you say like, what deal? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cause then word gets around. I don't, oh, I don't keep deals. That's the game. All well, right. And that's the thing that that's the difference between there's like day traders Right. And you, like, that's like small ball crazy. Like, you're buying and selling stocks, like, in that second. Yes. Like, you buy 10 shares of this, you sit on it, you watch it, and then when it tops out, you just, you sell those, and then you make a couple hundred bucks. So you're, like, nickel and diming, whereas the long game is just acquire a varied portfolio of many stocks. Right. Because... In the long game, the market as a whole should carry you up. Like, you okay. should see an increase in your investment because ideally, you have somebody. Like that's why, why you invest in like big corporate, like Apple and IBM and like things that aren't going, like Disney, things that, that aren't going right. away anytime soon. And that's why those are like $500 a share. And that's why generally if you're playing that game, you have somebody watching that portfolio for you, shifting things around. Like I think I actually have yeah. something like that. I have something called an IRA. And right yeah. now I have, because I'm younger and it's shorter in the IRA, I have what's called a high-risk IRA. And I can change the risk level at any moment, but usually oh, you, yeah, yeah. you shift that risk level to when you get older because it's a retirement thing. So right now yeah. it's high risk. So I'm giving them – a lot of play to buy, sell, do this. Whereas high, yeah. low risk, they're going to do the same thing what you're talking about is shift your stuff into the things that won't shift. Wow, Most this got ridiculous. It, yeah, though that's yeah, that's what happens when we don't research something and we just kind of hash it out together. Yeah, I mean, we figure well, now, it out together. We just broke well, the stock market. We got it. <laughs> well, I've been listening from the other room to Casey. And one more thing, Dan has an accountant. And when you have an accountant, what their job to do with your stocks is to, as Casey was explaining, to sell them when they're high and then pick up other potentially good stocks when they're low. So you keep basically, it's like flipping houses with yeah, stocks. Got it. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good segue that we find out Dan's high on the hog because he's got great returns on his IBM. He's up $75,000, but, but in the ether, he's, in the ether, he is being audited. We find that out. And so, which is interesting, right? It's because like, he's so happy about how good his portfolio is, but Billy's the one who brings him down to, down to the ground by saying, when's your audit? And he's like, one hour, yeah. 32 minutes, seven seconds. Yeah. So she kind of pisses in his soup. I guess he's just he's still happy because he's so cocksure that he's got a good accountant. Yeah, that's why he's like that's why he's still over the moon. He's got a ton of money. He tells the group he's got the best accountant in the city. He yeah, so he's got no problem. All right, and then all of that parlays so into a, a great gag. Dan's happy despite the audit. Harry just again is incensed at the Mel Torme. He stands up and he's got, I really have, I have no reason to live anymore. And then Selma just goes, never stopped me. <laughs> I missed that. Unbelievable. 
Whoa. Yeah, and then we then we go then we're at, finally at the intro. I missed joke into intro. How's that? Oh, wow. it was perfect. Wow, it was a uh, just a lob ball to the heavy hitter. Nice. Ah, uh, so we have the we go to intro, and then we're back in the courtroom, and it's Harry and Mac at the bench, and Harry still can't get over it. Can't get over why Mel would cancel. He just got, Mel Torme just got married. Harry wasn't invited. He didn't get an invitation. He even sent a China set. Like a true blue stalker. It's like a true blue nutty nut 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 bar stalker. Um, and Mac's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. You know, classic Mac fashion, just. You'll get over yes, it, sir. Yes, I, I, I can't wait till midnight so I can go home. Right, exactly. Um, but just then like we real get. court. Just like exactly, uh, and then we get a a classic callback return of one of the faves. Oh, yes, so good. Art, Art the handyman, fantastic. And what is he up to? Which is very somebody did their actual night court research because Art oh, is back to do some graffiti ratification in the first Man. row bench. So first like row they know somebody want some writer. Decided to take a week and was like, you know what? You, yeah. gotta, you can only write what you know. They pulled an old have a good night court out of their pocket and they sat in night court and they sat there. And as soon as they sat down, they it was unavoidable. All the dongs and wrongs that they saw <laughs> scratchied into the back of the benches. And they went, you know what? That looks like a job for art. You could get rid yeah. of all those 420 boners. Yeah, we really need a we never covered that aspect yeah. of night court. Um did you get the names of the two people? David and Julie Eisenhower. Okay, good. All right. Which? Because uh, I, at the time, I looked, Ashley and I looked at each other and they both just went, huh? We'll I, have to do the research. I, I looked it up. D- oh, you did? I'm yeah. assuming an Eisenhower son? Uh, it is re- reference to David and Julie Eisenhower. Okay. Julie Eisenhower, formerly Julie Nixon. Mm. David yes. Eisenhower is the grandson of yes. Ike. Big famous wedding. Uh, at Camp the White David House. Camp David is named for David Eisenhower. Get the fuck out of here. Wow. Um so they were the kind of conservative it couple at the time. The song Fortunate Son by Clean's Clearwater Revival is based on David Eisenhower getting out of going to Vietnam. So they are the uh Kushner and Ivanka's of the 70s. They're the scumbags. I got it. Pretty much. So I think uh, I couldn't, I didn't really see what was happening right at that time in 1985 to them personally, but I just assumed they were the like goats for, you know, beginning of Reagan. Sure. Like they're the conservative it couple. Interestingly enough, Eisenhower's actual son is a historian. And a biographer of his father's life, and he's really fascinating. He's really um, insightful. And what's most interesting I found about him is that he uh, didn't really know his dad because his like because he was just so consumed with career, which makes sense Uh, as like the most one of the most famous generals of American history and one of the most popular presidents of the 20th century. So he didn't really know his dad. So he 
but he researched him in the same way his an historian would research him, but with odd here and there memories of him. So it's like really oh. interesting. You can see him on a lot of documentaries and stuff. I think his name is uh, uh, Dwight Jr. as well. I'm, I'm not 100% on that, but... Uh, yeah, because David is for D, the David, I, Dwight David Eisenhower. I think, no, you're right. It's it's Dwight Dwight D. Jr. He's a junior. Yeah. So, yeah, it's in, yeah, the conservative sort of it couple, the Eisenhowers. We figured that out. Uh, and now Ugh, we are... Nixon and Eisenhower. I wonder I if they had any there. scumbag kids. Trump. They do. They have a, a, quite a few. Do they really? They're all about our age. They were born in the early 80s. Oh my God! So there's Eisenhower's out there that I'm sure we offended at some point. Beautiful. I want. Does Eisenhower carry the? I said I wasn't going to do it. Does Eisenhower carry the same clout? The name today. Uh, That's an Eisenhower. Who do you think we are, the Eisenhowers? I don't. Doesn't seem like it, does it? it does, Especially I, if you were their children, you'd be half Nixon as well. Like you'd be yeah. Eisenhower Nixon combo they certainly don't go by nixon eisenhower i guarantee you that no you're right they you don't i didn't i mean maybe that's just because they decided to get the fuck out of politics and yeah i guess you have it. to think about it like 18 you have to be 18 to vote i would I'm, i don't i i'd like to give people more credit but i would say a lot of 18 year old voters out there you go like they're an eisenhower they go okay like just legitimately what don't mean? know what that means. No, totally, yeah. Um, and that scratch right under. We need to make a four twenty boner, uh, uh, and somehow incorporate <laughs> yeah. incorporate David and Julie David and Eisenhower's Julie. name in there. <laughs> huh? How do you? Maybe you in the, the maybe in the veins. <laughs> and that's the campaign sticker. Ooh, I like it. 2020? Is that when the next they're election still, is? They're still kicking. I would vote in a, I I would vote the crumbummiest Eisenhower. Oh, I would vote here. Oh yeah. I would vote a uh, uh Chet Eisenhower. Like an inbred Chet King Ralphian Eisenhower <laughs> over Trump. I realized that like I I never I thought I was an informed person and uh, a political um opinionated person. But now I realize that it took like somebody as scumbummery as Trump to actually make me like follow like like I the my phone bings with Washington Post updates and it is now my same reaction as when I get a text from my mother where I'm just like <laughs> oh what did they do now or like what did they get confused now because it is always something so insane like my I'll get a text that my mom will say like. Did you know Don Nelson? He was 12 grades behind you and he died in a plane. And I'll go, ah! <laughs> and then I'll get a Washington Post and I'll be like, Donald Trump calls Jim, Tim, Tim Jong-un, Tim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un. Tim. <laughs> that's the crumb bummy von Un. I know you got to, that's the grandson, Tim. <laughs> we Tim. need to make, we need to make <laughs> We Tim, Tim Jong Il, Tim Jong Il uh, campaign twenty twenty. All right, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, he called him a gypsy or something. I think Trump did. I don't know. Uh, all right. Speaking of arts, there he's going to take care of some yeah. business. Billy's drinking a Mickey's grenade. Apparently, 
with a straw, um, and we get our case. We do, yep. Uh, it's a, a man throws a brick through the window of a, uh, a fortune teller. Yep. Or as he calls her, a gypsy. Sure does. And his rationale is that this fortune teller, Madame Loretta is mm-hmm. her name, uh, told his wife that their marriage was on the rocks, like she could see in the future, which- it- spiraled out of control with this housewife now she thinks there's ghosts there's people watching interestingly enough uh when meg and i used to work at the flea market in uh, manhattan on 24th street the garage flea market we worked next to a fortune teller and when i wasn't there one day she was like, let me give you a free read. i don't know if that's what she sounded yeah i did meet her that's kind of what she sounded like let me give you a free reading and she's like your boyfriend, he no good. And I was like, what? <laughs> what a jerk. And then I had to see her like regular. And she, she, I mean, at least if you want to call me, a, 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 and I, interestingly enough, I wasn't in good shape at that time. So she wasn't far off, but she should have just been like that because otherwise she's like, hi, who are you? Are you good? And I was like, I know what you, I know you. Like, I know what you said. You read my cards in the ether. You know who I am. God. He buys an orange juice of future. Um, all right. So, Madam, that was a quick side note. that. Uh, so, that- he, the guy, is f- pissed because it ruined his life. It ruined his marriage. Uh, Madame Loretta is like, I don't, like, you can't judge me for what I did. Like, there's a bunch of crazy accusations thrown out. Like, the guy, it's classic, like, awesome sitcom. Like, he's just, like, a true blue, awesome uh, gallows New Yorker guy. Like, he's got his, like, mismatching, like, mustard-colored suit jacket and pants. he comes in a bunch, yeah. Um, So he's just, like, she ruined my life! And then, of course, his wife in her house coat and, like, curly sort of, like, lady afro is in the gallows. Just like, don't listen to him, don't! And they're just, like, yelling at each other across the courtroom. And then she comes out, and then, or Harry, she comes out, and Harry's like, all right, I'll allow it. Mm -hmm. And, one, I, I figured you'd catch this, but she does, at one point, have to use the word toilet. And she says turlet. Yeah. She does. Um, but basically, she's like, I don't understand. I our mar- I, The reason I went to the fortune tellers because our marriage was in the turlet, I think is in what the she turlet. says. She says uh, turlet. Yeah. Uh, and she says, because I couldn't understand it because something happened on our 20th wedding anniversary. That's right. Yep. We stopped having sex. And then I looked at both of them. And I got physically <laughs> ill. You got physically ill. <laughs> it was like, and oh, then, stop it. So, yeah, it all goes back to the fortune teller could tell they weren't making love anymore. The guy blames it on her. Uh, and then it it cuts to a great, another great Selma joke. After the, like, 20-year anniversary, we stopped having sex. Selma just looks to Bull and goes, yeah, 10 years is 10. 15's bunk beds. So, yeah, no sex. That That works. I didn't get it. Bunk beds? It, no, it's in oh. reference to the the anniversary. Like you have your paper anniversary and your gold anniversary. So Selma was saying it tops out at, after gold. It's tin bunk beds and no sex. I like now. I get the tin because they get weird. I'm not gonna lie. I've looked up that list, and they get. At, I think there is a tin anniversary. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. 
they like get really weird. Like one's is the zinc anniversary. And then bunkman says, um, Hey, I gotta tell you, if yeah. you the key to a, a happy relationship as a happy marriage, I'm with Cosmo Kramer, Michael Richards, former uh, ca- uh, guest star on this show. You want a good relationship? After the deed is done, separate beds. <laughs> separate like, rooms uh, if you can. Desi and Lucy? Yes. I'm there's a reason for it. It gets too hot. It's, uh, I mean, it's just, maybe it's, I don't know. I, I'm just telling you, Desi and Lucy, you can always push those beds together like son-in-law. I'm just telling you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Do your thing. Uh, so, anyways, Harry, I, his affectation gets a little too sultry mm-hmm. here for my taste. He's like, yeah, you he's not add- buying all this magic nonsense. But he, but he says the mat, you got to create your own magic. Yeah. A little touch in the hallway. I was like, ugh, this feels like HBO late night, Harry. (laughs) Oh, I totally missed the innuendo of creating your own magic. I thought he was like saying like, don't believe mumbo jumbo. Like I was going like Disney, wide world of Disney. Like you got to create your own magic, Hans. Believe in yourself. No, he was talking about lubricants. (laughs) You got to buy your own chocolate mint creams. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Harry, like, uh, real quick, uh, just made me think of, remember when I used to work in that, um, uh, I used to work in an adult bookstore, and we sold flavored creams and lubes, and oh, that yeah, that yeah. is what it is. Everybody, do your thing, have fun in the bedroom. What is unacceptable in retrospect, and I'm sure I believed it at the time, is that we had samples out, so people Ugh. would come <laughs> and, and drip a little cream on their finger and then look me in the eyes and lick it off their finger, like, to taste, ooh, do we like a mango cream, honey? It's like, <laughs> and that one, no one's in here with you, sir, yeah. so stop coming in and eating all my mango creams. <laughs> but two, it's like, in retrospect, that's not good for anywhere. No, no samples no. right out of the bottle. No more. No. I, and it was the no. same one, you know, like for years and years and years. Anyways. <laughs> oh, just that yellowed crusty. Yeah, you have to get the crust lip off and then get the fresh behind it. Ugh. Oh, it's like those, it's like a community milk at a coffee station. Like yes. it just gets crusty. And you're like, eh, I'm good with no milk. Mm. Not nothing today. It didn't have yeah, much I flavor. Yeah, I think I'm good. Uh so yeah, just then, a guy uh, wearing those those skimpy undies with the elephant trunk for your dog, <laughs> yeah. tasting all the lubricants. Oh no, I don't think I'm going to buy anything today. I Sir, don't know why you didn't? I wear go those around in and here. taste them all. I always settle with banana. <laughs> uh, yes, I see you have elephant underwear, sir. <laughs> you do we this every it. week. <laughs> Are you a monkey? <laughs> get that banana out of here. Come back when you have peanuts. All right. Inside joke. Um, uh, So, yeah, Harry delivers the sentence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, we yeah, we also find out from the couple part of the stress is the money they're losing. Like this guy's lost his savings because of the crazy rabbit hole that the madam sent his wife down. Uh, Real quick. The reason he lost his savings, I believe which was $13,000, is that he bought non-refundable tickets for $13,000 to Epcot Center. So I think this guy, 
uh, is a rube. Deserved to have his, yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't think, uh, not the wisest portfolios. Him and Mac need to, Mac needs to yeah. teach him a thing or two about cost effectiveness. Uh, so Harry says because they're on hard times, the guy will serve one night in jail and pay a fine of no larger than $300. Which is interesting because Harry never sends people to jail. Yeah. Harry's let some serious things go. Just this slide. guy got a night in the hooskow. Well, that would explain why his reaction is so shocked when the madam is pissed. She's made right. one He's night. Like, this one is... night is not long enough. Three hundred dollars isn't nearly enough money. So she gets upset. She raises up to Harry. She can't believe this is an injustice. And he's like, "Look, you know, I did what I could." And she spits, gypsy spits. Oh yeah. So that's a fifty dollar fine, but she keeps it going. Mac, you got a running tab on this. Mm-hmm. To which we get a. I I realized in this episode we haven't had enough gallows because she turns no. around, she puts a curse on the entire court. Oh, this is the best. To yeah. which we get a classic gallows bum suit coat rips in it, saggy hat, yeah. <laughs> probably a bag to... bottle. Looks very Hans Molman esque from yes. The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Just down on his luck, little hobo, and he just goes, sheesh, just when things were turning around for me. I love it. That's a classic bit. That's so classic. Can work in any context as a Muppet, as a cartoon, and yeah, it's good. Um, So, yeah, she, the man was putting a curse on the courtroom, and everybody's getting a little, little uptight. Right. Um, So then, uh, I just lost my clue. Harry finally just gives her contempt of court. Like, bull, take her away. But first, oh, and she's like, okay, but she's put the curse. And then all of a sudden, before bull can take her away, the phone rings. Oh, yeah. And Mac's like, and he's like, Mac, I thought you'd have turned that ringer off. He's like, I did, sir. And he goes, all right, pick it up. And then she's like, it's for you, Dan. And sure enough, it's all for Dan. Dan takes the call. What? Count yeah, drop the dead in the middle of that dead. audit. Things are coming true. All of a sudden, Bull take her away. Bull looks very concerned. I can't. I can't, Harry. Why not? And then Wilts hits the deck. It looked like you like it. turned to dust. Yeah, I, know. I was like, what happened? This got really magical. But Bull like faints, passes out. Yeah, and then we cut to commercial. Uh, and then we're back, and the gang's in the in the Harry's chambers, and they're fanning Bull. Uh, and then Harry leaves and goes out to the hallway <laughs> to thank Art for carrying Bull in, and uh, Art's sitting in a forklift, and uh, it's beep beep beep. <laughs> that's that's classic uh, physical uh, um, prop humor. Uh, and Art's funny. Tell me this: you're gonna know this. You're more of a cinephile than I am. Art's like, I'll just park it over there if you need me. Honks the horn. He says, I'm Paul Newman. <laughs> That's what I, I didn't get it. I just thought it was really funny. Okay. There must be some kind of famous Paul Newman bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. None of the ones I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't recall him being behind a piece of machinery. Or maybe it's just like, Paul Newman honks the horn. He's a, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, we're back in the room, and uh, Dan's on the phone again. He has nothing but 
kind words for the account, and he worships the ground he walked on. And then he gets really terse. He's like, well, just flip him over and see if my files are there. I know I gave them to him. He's looking for these documents. Make copies of the documents, Dan. Um, and there's, yeah, and there's a doctor there. Interestingly, you know, he- it's interesting uh, why they, uh, why do you think they always go with a different in-house doctor? Why can't one of those doctors just, does it have yeah. to be that complicated? Why can't they just go get the doctor and, you know, get the guy? He's he plays every. He's, he's used to the set. He's used to the people. He's four times a season. We use him. Might as well be the same guy. No, I you, wondered that too. Maybe they have a pay grade changes if you're on the same series more than a certain amount of times a season. It could be. You have to get some kind of cast credit, like deep cast credit. Just curious. He was he was fine, but you always have the in house doctor, and he can't seem to find mm-hmm. a damn thing wrong with old bull. Nope, it's all in his in his mind or in his professional opinion. It's psychosomatic. Yeah, it's unless he can do some blood tests and Bull has polio, it's psychosomatic. Yeah. So his advice to Harry is lift the curse. Mm-hmm. Get it out of his head. Got uh, but the doc has a good bit as he's on his way out. He oh, just yeah. pivots on his heels and just goes rise. Nothing happens, and he goes nope. All right, well, no charge. Yeah, that's funny. There's always a charge, Doc. That is a good bit. And then, of course, Dan huffs out. He's upset. He can't mm-hmm. seem to get this audit situation. He sees our old sad sack Hans Molmanny. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting because it just sees our friend from the gals. He just goes, lose weight. My accountant need to lose weight. <laughs> Hat in hand again. Yeah, this poor guy. Um. So, uh, things are going wrong. We don't know if a curse yeah. is going on, but sure old Harry, he still doesn't believe it. Non-believer. Nope. I mean, you, non-believer. You, you catch emo Harry handing on a on a bad day, handing out one-day sentences, not uh, being compassionate to the old uh, fortune teller Jip Jip Jippy. Um, <laughs> so they meet in the uh, they meet in the courtroom next, and she's yep. she gives him one of my favorite Judge Harry nicknames. Oh, yeah, because uh, Mac very daintily leads her into the courtroom. Harry, very judiciously, very even-handed, goes, Madam Loretta. Judge responds, Swine. <laughs> and then Mac, good old Charles Roberts, he kills it, just backs out and goes, well, I'll, I'll leave you two to it. Have a ball. <laughs> yes, have a, you kids have a ball. You kids have a ball. Ugh. And so he still doesn't believe her, and she just keeps hitting him with gold. She just goes, you were born on a Wednesday. Goes, and he goes, I, I, I don't know. You do now. You do. <laughs> so Harry's still not believing her. He equates her to the Full Monty. Not Full Monty. That's way different. <laughs> we don't need a Harold Full Monty. Full Monty kids, but the uh, three-card Monty kids on the street. Uh, and he says that her abilities are all fake. They're all based on misdirection. And he says, you know, he sh- lays the cards out. He's got three Monty cards there. He's like, once you give someone that in, like you bend the card and say that's the queen. You give the, you know, you as the the purchaser power. And he's like, it's never the queen because the queen is the queen is there's no queen of hearts. And Harry's full, full, full card Monty. But he old gets Madam Boom. Uh, Loretta. She got from him. Thin air. But old Harry out gypsies the gypsy, and he pulls the old magic hand trick, and he's got her earrings like a shifty 
pickpocket. Fast hands on him. Oh yeah. So th- uh, I just do they do they see a little more eye to eye there? Not quite. A little bit. No. Lightens it a little then we, bit. Yeah. And then we go to commercial. Yep. And we're back in the room. And Harry has committed to that he will revive Bull. Mm-hmm. He will lift the curse. They don't need Madame Loretta. She's a fool. And to prove his prowess as a master of the dark arts, he turns a hanky into a magic, one of those classic magic wands. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Bull and Bull's response is just, hope it gets better. <laughs> yeah. Dan says, I hope it gets faster. Bull might really be sick. If Harry doesn't, yeah. let's be honest, if Harry doesn't believe that Bull is cursed, Bull can't feel his legs. Right. And they didn't take him to the hospital. They forklifted <laughs> him into an office. That's like when you hear about these frat kids, like, uh, uh, roasting, what do they call it? What do they do? Beat people oh, in? Roasting. Roasting <laughs> no, people a, in or whatever? Uh, initiation. Initiating people in and they get, like, so messed up. They're like, what do we do? And they 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 panic and they don't do anything till the morning and then the kid, like, dies or gets brain damage. Because they were like, they were too scared to get in trouble for drinking. But they're yeah. like, had you just called an ambulance, they would have pumped his stomach and he would have been fine. You right. left him to die in a soiled beanbag. Exactly. Ugh, that makes me, ugh, that's gnarly. Because it could so easily happen. Um, so, anyways, Harry's going to, but Harry's ready. He's going to rectify yeah. it. He's going to get lift the curse, Grabs has Matt grab the Empire State Building. He's going to use that yeah. as a... Um, what do you call it? A sigil? Symbol of power. Yeah. Yes, like a t- tall, powerful thing, much like Bull. So he starts the to the ceremony, and he's calling on evil spirits, and QR Hans Mole Man Hobo again. He scoots in right on Q, and they're like, get out of here! <laughs> that, guy just doesn't, that guy just doesn't know what's going on. Uh, so they chase him out, and then it gets, like, legit. Harry, the lights dim. The Empire State Building appears in the room. Harry Harry's book bursts into flames. He motions and then casts out the evil spirits and like an arc of green lightning strikes the Empire State Building. And the lights come back on. It's quite a show. Quite a show. Real David Coppa feel. Um. <laughs> so then Bull feel his legs begin to twitch and shake. And he stands and does dances a little jig. It does a jig. I have the same thing written down. Bull does jig. Just gives us a little Steve Martin uh, from the jerk. And then so Harry, he's like, you know, Harry, what'd you do? He's like, Bull, I got to be honest with you. I didn't really lift a curse. Oh, it was well, all a then, show. And then Selma goes, no, no, no. Let me do it. Okay. I'll break the news to him. Bull. It was a fix. Yeah. She says the fix she, was she, in. She's good at it, right? Yeah, because she's uh, real good at it, yeah. She's good at giving bad um, news. So then, uh, yeah, Harry reveals it was all all smoke and mirrors, all classic parlor tricks. Art, our handyman, was under, was the, under table the table the whole, the whole time. time. Art? Art? Where are you, Art? No. Hey there, Harry. Art comes through the bursting <laughs> through the the door. Sorry, I'm late. I forget why he was late. Uh, because uh, he was collecting all the stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, all I couldn't find any of the stuff, but I got, I got your magic powder here. I got your your book. I got your 
What's everybody looking at? And then, dun dun dun! It was Madame Loretta the whole time. Using her mystical powers. So she is like a um, demon. Yeah, she's like Doctor Strange. She's legit, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of how... Honestly, is that where how it ends? Like, she just leaves the room. It's kind of like... Yeah, there. I don't I have, have powers. Any... Leave me alone. She. Oh, she, they're like believer, and Dan's like, yeah, Madame Loretta. Oh yeah, he kisses tell her me, boots. He, yeah, yeah, he's like, tell me when Exxon. Where are they gonna leave Exxon? Like he's still he's still seeking stocks, and then basically Harry's just like, God, I just don't remember the. I just feel like she's like the line. You're yeah. welcome. Or, much, and Harry, no, Harry goes. Harry's about to say thank you. And he doesn't get it out. And he just says, you're welcome. And then she just goes, ha! At Dan. Scares the sh- yeah. And scares the shit out of him. And then she's gone like a thief in the night. Now the like, Gypsy's are thieves. It's the yeah. greatest trick the Gypsy ever played was convincing Harry she doesn't need to go to jail. Well, that's smoke and mirrors and she's walked out the front door. She walks out just like Kevin Spacey and says, I'm gay. <laughs> I'm a Gypsy. I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> um... And then commercial break, and we're back for the the coldy tag. Yeah, we go. We're yeah. in the we're in the court. Oh, okay. Did we get Ashley, a clarification? Yeah, Ashley said that um, if they both agree that it's real, like Harry doesn't want to believe her, so they basically had like agree to disagree as long as like everything goes back to normal. Oh my like, god! And as- yes, and she goes. Here's a phone number. That will yes, cheer you up. Right. Yeah. See, Ash gets to keep... Ash is taking care of Harvey at the moment. She had to step yeah. away to be an adult. and But now we know why Ash yeah. keeps her job for one more week. Oh, yeah. Keep oh, that she's card the, punching She's our, our magical gypsy. Absolutely. She's got uh, it. So Harry gets the phone number. Everything happens that we just talked about. And then yeah. we go into the court. Max yeah. in there. Dan walks in. I was like, Dan's just going to walk right by Mac, open that window, yeah. and jump out. Like jump it's right out. Night, yeah. Like it's Black Friday. Black Monday. Yep. Or Black Monday, yeah. Was it a Monday? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember. Cyber Monday? <laughs> oh, God. Black Friday's coming. <laughs> I got two things. I, 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 I wonder if I should do them. Because yeah. I feel like... Nah, I don't know. I I, I don't because I've never done a Black Friday. I've had to work a Black Friday in South Dakota when I was fourteen, and Oof. it was unbelievable, horrendous. Yeah, but I think sure. now, as an observer, I could appreciate it. So I'm wondering if I should go because I live now by a Walmart. Ooh, yeah. If I should go to a Walmart on Friday and see what it feels like. Two. One of the biggest knife and gun shows is coming to Charleston in like a week and a half. Yeah. And I feel like that's something I should go do. But I have I think so. I have like this weird feeling that I will stick out and nah. tensions are high and maybe I should maybe I'm in my own head too much for this one. Go buy a cool knife. Should I wear a Confederate flag tank top? As a diaper. <laughs> yeah, don't be that guy. I'll just wear a Confederate Confederate flag donger, and then have a rainbow little neckerchief and a black tank that says "Black Lives Matter." 
wait a minute. Has anybody made a rainbow Confederate flag? Because there's so, like actually. log cabin Republicans. I'm not sure if that's sure. appropriate to be called that anymore, by the way. Which I'm sure Abraham Lincoln's like, come on, guys. I did all this shit, and you're still just because I had a close male friend, you named <laughs> like, an entire party based on their sexuality after me. But anyways, uh, there's gay Republicans. Are there gay? There's got to be gay racists. Oh, of course. Let's even drop racist. Oh, uh, you can't really. But are there uh, 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 gay Confederate sympathizers? Gotta be that are that are out and willing to be because if you're because the idea is like just be mm. loud and proud, do your thing, don't change anything other yeah. aspect. So if I can wear that rainbow, I gotta make a note. Yeah. We have to make rainbow Confederate flag shirts. Oh yeah, is that spicy? <laughs> Like, is that the definition of spicy? (laughs) Only one way to find out. That's true. All right, I'll wear that to the gun show. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, What a revelation. Anyways, so I'm like, Dan is going to jump out a goddamn window. He looks so dejected. And and then, because I just just read the writing on the wall. We'll soon Mm -hmm. find out why. But old Dan walks in. Max doesn't say a word. It's all pantomime, head in hands. Sits down. Mac asks him like how it went, like what what's wrong, Dan? He hands Mac a, a, a crumpled yellowed piece of paper. We find out, oh Dan, what is it? It's a receipt. A receipt from the IRS huh. for what was it? Seventy four thousand six hundred twenty six dollars and seventy nine cents. Have a good full. day. Oh yeah, paid, paid in full. Yeah, yeah. Have a good day. So they took literally almost every bit of money that Dan had in his left. portfolio. Yeah, and then, but Max, like, they they took all your withhold. They didn't withhold anything yeah. or some yeah. adult talk. And he's yeah. like, even your charitable donations. Dan oh. just looks up at him. Right. Right. And then Dan, like, he's got a real burr up his ass in his heel. Spur up his ass? He, doesn't he extend his hand to Mac as if, because Mac, you know, is like, if you need any, you know, like, yes. hope you're okay. And then Dan, like, kind of perks up a little, like, to extend his hand to Mac, as in, like, may I ask, I'm about to ask you for a loan. Right. Mac reads the body language, clear as day, and he's like, Sorry, Dan, I can't, I make, I do not lend money to friends. And then Mac turns to leave, and Dan shoots up, and it's like, you know what, Mac? And just insults him up and down. Because like, I, I never, never liked, liked you. I hate you. Like, like You're crazy. Scum. You're scum. Yeah, it's so insane. Because he didn't give Mac a dollar. See how, it's like Indeed. trading places, how quickly that shifts. Oh no! And then, but the ever affable Mac is of like, "Of course, <laughs> we're still friends, Dan." Nice try, amigo. Nice try. And uh, we cut back. We got our essentially a coldie tag. We got our conclusion. Yep. And uh, Billy's talking to Harry and Chambers, and she's like, "You really don't believe it, huh?" She's Did- trying very hard to scientific. She's pulling the Henning. Yeah, skeptic. Oh, skept. Billy the she's skeptic. She's like, "Well." 
the, you can feel above this book, it's very hot and dry. The air is very dry. So perhaps the air leading up to the light, and it looks like the wire is loose. So when the light from this hits the gas from the fluorescent plus the heat, and she's really just trying to, and then she like exhausts herself on that explanation. And she just kind of was like, well, maybe it was a UFO. Right. <laughs> Uh, um, and then she's like, well, what do you think? He's like, I don't know what to think. She's like, well, did you call that number? He goes, no, it's probably just some dial a curse, but they yeah. decide to call it. Did you call it? I knew what was coming. I had oh, of it. course. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Sure enough. You want to, you want to do your best impression? I'm not home right now, but leave a message because I really want to hear from you, 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 Mel Torme. Rich money bags Mel Torme, who had an answering machine back in the early 80s. And Harry just says, Hey, Mel, you're gay! And hangs up. (laughs) Hey, Mel, it's your mother. You're gay. (laughs) Your mother. That's the part I miss. Oh, man. If you haven't listened to Jerk Practice, go back and you'll understand um, that joke. It's not spicy. Um, It is. But it is. it's always it's is. a mild picante. But we're going to give you the, from the men who brought you the Rainbow Confederate flag. Yeah, what do you expect? We give <laughs> These you. These guys salt, are so insensitive. And then we give re- you some sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right, it's gavel bang time. Uh, I like I said at the beginning, I really did like this episode. Go into uh, it. Go it into it. Didn't have. It didn't have the best jokes of Night Court so far. Right. But the pace and the quality of the ones they had, it just hit. It was just like there was always something happening that was funny. Okay. And I felt like everybody got a moment to shine as their character. Like it didn't fall like Billy. I had funny parts with Billy in this episode. And sure. Normally she's annoying, but she was great in this episode like everybody i thought excelled okay like even harry who was on his in even harry who was supposed to be on his back foot the whole episode still had moments where he got to do magic and like showed his skill right right when he could have easily just been the goat of the episode art always love to see art love you got some great stuff raises a bang right there God, and then we good. got our little sad hobo who I was like, even that was just the perfect amount of gallows on top yes. of the scummy couple. Mm-hmm. He was good. I got it. We got to be. I got to know. Art is so wonderful. The actor. Yeah. Portraying art is so wonderful. And yet, and he's still kicking. And you never know what happens in a person's life. Yet yeah. he doesn't have really a body of work after Night Court. And I just don't. Get why? Because he's wonderful. You gotta wonder. Yeah, he comes back. So I'm gonna send him a Facebook message. Yes, I think we need art on Have a Good Night. Art. We need to know what's going on with art. It would be a real get. It's time to find out from the man himself. Yeah, I agree. I like. I watched that episode and I was like, if I was in that writer's room, yes, this is the episode I would use for sort of ratios, like. You can pull and tweak, but I felt like this is the great amount. There should always be an art spot, in my opinion, whether yeah. it's filled by one of the gallows or by one of the defendants. Sure. 
Um, but I just thought like it brings so much. Like I wish art was a a, a character every week. It's kind of like the confident idiots too. The confident idiot. It's like the confident eccentric. Like art. Yes. Like he doesn't. You if you just heard him and didn't see him, you'd be like. Well, he's probably not a handyman. He's pretty like cocksure and like kind of has a little insight on everything. I want to see Art's apartment because I feel like it would just be one of like he pays twenty five bucks a month. Yeah, and it literally is a like one of those tiny apartments that's just a library. Like every wall is covered in a book, and he's just sort of like a kooky eccentric that knows a lot about everything. Sure, kind of how they had Bull started out. Yeah. In the show. He and Bull exist in that same space, which is why I th- I thought they did a good job of, like, with Bull this episode, by, like, fi- they found a smart way to conk him out so that they could give those gags to Art. I would say, why not have a spinoff with Art and Bull as roommates, had to leave New York, it's taken place in... New Jersey, Newark. I got it. They own an Airbnb. Yes. Or a bed and breakfast, because Art's the handyman. Bull's got to be like your Basil Fawlty-esque face man of your your uh, your quaint bed and breakfast and it's in called southern the, New Jersey. Uh, it's called the Art of Talking Bull. <laughs> That's amazing. That is not a bad idea. <laughs> the art of talking bull. First pilot episode, they have a they have an argument because they don't know if they should um, put a flag outside their window to support um, the pride parade. Uh, but and or they do they agree that they should do that. But Art messes up and accidentally gets a Confederate rainbow flag, and it's an <laughs> argument as to when it's flying. Bull or maybe Bull hangs it, and Art comes. What are you doing? What do you mean? Uh, it's a flag. It's like they resolve everything like over a cup of tea at the end of the night, like a r- cognacs around the fire. Debating monuments. <laughs> I feel like Bull's a monument guy. He's like, yeah, he's a pro history. Yeah, too much pro history. All right, so what do you gavel bang it then? I will. I'm going to go 10. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Is that the first 10? For me, I've gone nine. Oh, yeah. I don't think nine does it. I feel like this, to me, is the perfect Night Court episode. Wow. All right. Thus far. Thus far. Because I know there's one with Star Trek nerds somewhere on a horizon. (laughs) So I I say that just so now I have a a frame of reference. Sure. That's a fair frame. Uh, Ash is... uh, uh, in uh, Occupado right now, do you know what her gavel bang is? Ash goes nine. All right. Wow. Wow. High episode. Um, as I said at the beginning, I didn't. Uh, I my reaction was because I was surprised you guys went so high, not because I was going low. Because I gave this one yeah. a seven. Because gotcha. I enjoyed it, but it didn't blow me away. Of course, as we talk through it. You're a good salesman, so uh, it certainly I could certainly wouldn't be uh, away from giving an eight after our talk because you brought up a lot of good stuff that I had forgotten about. But because there's a lot of jokes that you could miss, yeah, absolutely, and I, and I that, did. Like, yeah, Ashley and I were both like Harvey was very. She was like playing on on her mat, so we both were like watching and taking notes 
So if something slid under the radar while one of us was taking notes, we made sure to like point it out. Gotcha. Because there, there were there was stuff I would have missed had I not. I had a needed a you need a night court spotter. Yes, you do exactly. All right. All right I feel well. like this one was tight as a pin. Just walking the walking the rail on that. Walk that. Uh, walking the balance beam didn't get off topic yeah, you, you, once. You cut off. You cut out that eighteen minutes of King Ralph at uh, the top. King Ralph, and this baby's in uh, under an hour. Yeah, but I mean, we owe it to our listeners. As much King to Ralph beat around as, that I mean, bush. Come on. We owe it to King <laughs> Ralph. Everybody needs a movie to watch this Thanksgiving. Make it King yeah. Ralph. Make it King I Ralph. I think he eats a big turkey leg in that movie. Oh, he has to, like Henry VIII. Of course. All right. Well, right. Thanksgiving's night, come up. It is. The night is long and full of weirdos. Watch out for gypsies. Ooh, spicy. Court. <laughs> Spice Court. There it was, case 29, got a little blue. Bulls there at the end. Night, unt, a full ort press. Uh, Listen to Jerk Practice Pod for that joke and for many other jokes on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Uh, If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, maybe write us a review, and more importantly, just go back and listen to the old episodes if you haven't. Have a good time, enjoy, watch the real episodes, and just have a good night, court man, and have a good turkey day. I know there's a lot of you nasty Macs out there just licking those wolf chops to get yourself a turkey, but do the right thing. Be a bull, straddle a Turk, and have a have a piece of tempa, okay? Or do whatever you want. Gavel bang. Night court. There was a curse. You really believe that, Mrs. Gilpin? Oh, yes. Eight years ago, on our 20th anniversary, it happened. What happened? We stopped having sex. <laughs> Let's see. 10th is 10, 20th is bunk beds. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds like... Something like that would be like a show like Marco Polo, like oh, era taking him to Spice Court. Oh my God, an era! See, that's why we need to write for this show, Spice Court. Because uh, you, I have, that I would like be your historical take, Spice Court. What's that? To Spice Court. I like your take, the actual Spice Road. Yes, Marco Polo era Spice Court. Or I was just thinking, like. <laughs> Just a ham-handed, terrible, terribly scripted show on the Spice Channel. It's just like... Oh, my God. Night Court parody. We... Come on. Spice Court. There's... Throw... Uh, yeah. All right. I've, you're not recording anymore, are you? Uh, I'm not.